Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Hey folks, stand by for Jody on the show. But first, here's a brief word about home title lock. It's shocking that your home can be stolen this easily. That's the brutal lesson Deborah learned when thieves found her home's title online forged it and literally took ownership of her house in an instant thieves legally owned deborah's home she got evicted spent a fortune in legal fees trying to get it back the fbi calls home title fraud one of the fastest growing crimes and you do not want to be next that's why i urge you to protect the online title to your home with home title log the legal documents to our homes are kept online where thieves hunt them they forge the documents stating you sold your home then they borrow against your home and stick you with the payments. No insurance or bank protects you. Home Title Lock does. You could already be a victim of title fraud and not know it. Find out. Register your home at HomeTitleLock.com and enter Voices for one month of free protection. Again, enter Voices for one month free at HomeTitleLock.com. That's HomeTitleLock.com. And now let the cartoons begin. Broadcasting from Resistance Headquarters, relentlessly fighting back against the clown dictator and his regime of deplorables. Never give up, never surrender. This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Margin call, gentlemen. Well, you can't expect us you to... You know to... the rules of the exchange, Mr. Duke. All accounts to be settled at the end of the day's trading, without exception. You know perfectly well we don't have $394 million in cash. I'm sorry, boys. Put the uh, Duke Brothers seats on the exchange up for sale at once. Seize all assets of Duke and Duke commodities brokers, as well as all personal holdings of Randolph and Mortimer Duke. My God. We're ruined. This is an outrage. I demand an investigation. You can't sell our seats. A Duke has been sitting on this exchange since it was founded. We founded this exchange. It's ours. It belongs to us. Oh, my God. Mortimer, your brother's not well. We'd better call an ambulance. Fuck him. Now you listen to me. I want trading reopened right now. Get those brokers back in here. Turn those machines back on. Turn those machines back on. Bob Seska. I don't know what we're yelling about. The Bob Seska Show. Oh, hi. From our nation's capital, it is Thursday, February 27, 2020, and this is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com, the greatest soap ever. Hi, what's up? My name is Bob. Hello, Bob. Hi. Day 1,134 of the Trump crisis, 250 days until the 2020 presidential election. 
And oh, look who it is. It's Jody on the show. Yeah. Woo! <laughs> Jody on the show. That's what we're waiting for. I'm going to talk with Bob. <laughs> Do what I can. Nothing really grows with Jody on the show. With Bob. <laughs> oh, man. So, you know... Um, David's not here today. Uh, we don't right. have we don't have David. He's feeling a little under the weather. I'm not sure if it's coronavirus. I have no idea if it's coronavirus. Not sure. It's not a tumor. I'm going to assume that it's not. I, I don't know what it is. He just wasn't feeling well today, so he is sitting out uh, today's show. Uh, but I think he's going to be fine. I think he'll be back next week. Um, so where do we begin here today? Uh, everything is uh, rapidly disintegrating around us. We have a Trump crisis. We have a, a pandemic crisis. We have a stock yeah. market crisis. Um, mm-hmm. You know what? Let's start here, Jody. Uh, I don't think we've done a, a legitimate show. I mean, we did the uh, interview show yesterday, but I don't think we've done a show yet since the uh, Tuesday night debate. What did you think of that? And my God, are our politics really stupid right now? I uh, I thought that the CNN debate would be the worst. Yeah. I take that back. I, was, I mean, I, I, there were no moderators, and it, it was like... Exactly! Here's the thing. Um, the lack of decorum that we're kind of seeing on the debate stage right now, the thing that I keep wondering, and I asked Larry Charles about this yesterday on the interview show, the thing that I keep wondering is, would we still be seeing that if it weren't for Trump actually opening this door that says, okay, now you could just say whatever you want. You can act however you want. Just scream and yell and, and shout and gesticulate throughout these events. And it doesn't matter now because Donald Trump has done it. I mean, I get the sense that there's a little bit of that. I, I get the sense that the lack of decorum in our democratic debates is a direct consequence of Trumpism. And I, I really hope it's not. I just hope this was an organic thing and it just happened naturally. But, uh, you know, I'm Mr. Trump derangement syndrome. And, you know, when I see things like this happening, I go, oh, my God, it's Trumpism bleeding into the side of the normals. I blame the moderators because we've had, a, I believe, an entire panel of just women moderating for NBC. Yeah. And there were more people on the stage and it was much better decorum yeah right right um this was just like they couldn't stop them and and people talking over each other it should not happen in a debate a Mm -hmm. until it unless it's like okay now everybody chat um if somebody's asked a question that person should be given their time and then whoever you know raises their hand quick enough bernie sanders um Because he never by, really by the puts way, it down. Tony Atamanek and James Adomian do this uh, stand-up show in which it's uh, a mock debate between Trump, of course that's Tony Atamanek, and right. James Adomian playing Bernie. And the funny thing <laughs> about that, or one of the many funny things about the Trump versus Bernie tour, is that whenever Trump is talking, whenever Tony Atamanek is talking as Trump, James Adomian is just standing behind his podium as Bernie, just waving his arms around, just doing right. like almost like those inflammatory things outside the car dealerships. It's just that the whole t- the whole time. You might as well have Horshack going. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, yeah oh. exactly. But you know what? Then they all they are they're all uh, doing it now. It could be a, a factor of how they the rules of the debates. Yeah, I, I assume they're the same every time. And if they haven't been, then they need to go back to the one that on NBC because that seemed mm. to work 
the least horrifically. Yeah, it just seems like we haven't really been able to nail the debate thing, uh, the presidential debate specifically, in in quite some time now. And I know we've made some advances toward this. I, I remember... 10, 20 years ago, there was a lot of complaining about, well, these aren't real debates where each person gets a minute and a half and then there's a light that goes on and then they have to stop and then the other person goes and and responds and they get 30 seconds. And now we kind of got our wish insofar as all of those strictures on having a healthy debate have been kind of eliminated and pulled back on. But now it's become more of a game show thing. It's like the pendulum yeah. swung too far into the side of, oh, yes, now we're going to do like uh, just six people, seven people yelling at each other and waving their arms around for uh, two hours, as the case uh, was with CBS, three hours on some of the cable news debates. Mm-hmm. And instead, we can't seem to find a happy medium between those two things. We can't seem to have a lively debate without people just flame throwing each other's face. And that's that's exactly what we're getting now. Well, and also, I mean, it's a function of the questions being asked. Yeah, yeah. I mean, somebody, I forget, it was on, when I was listening to the radio, they should have just actually thrown red meat at them. <laughs> Yes, incorporate actual meat in the process. You know, or or if you're vegan, some impossible or beyond. Um, <laughs> That's right. God, little morning star in there, some gardein, whatever. But yeah, well, it's, no, you it's, you have to do that. You have to have the artificial meat if it's a democratic. Debate. You have to. You have to because we're we're climate people. We That's understand right. these things, and mm-hmm. we like animals. Yeah. Uh, but the thing is, is is to me. They didn't, as far as I can remember, because I was just dumbfounded through the whole thing. Mm-hmm. At least it did calm down towards the last hour. Mm-hmm. It did. They kind of like the first hour was just like, why is everybody yelling? <laughs> um, yeah. I can't hear you. But they should have asked questions about how the demise of democracy is at stake. And mm-hmm. Trump is firing everybody for no good reason. And apparently Ginny Thomas is doing part of it. And like, let's talk about the guy that they're all running against. Yeah. And I know Klobuchar tried. I mean, there was a couple things she said. I'm like, good for her. Mm-hmm. And then when Biden and I forget who, Steyer were yelling, her, the look on her face is like, <laughs> I don't even know how to deal with this. Yes. Tom Steyer played this week by Sam Waterston. Yeah. They, <laughs> it's insane how similar they they look. It is. Just, just they go are to, similar. Go to Google, do a side by side comparison. Trust me on that yeah. one. Oh, Sam Waterston would play a great Tom Steyer on TV. Oh, it'd be so um, great. Yeah, yeah. But but with like with Bloomberg, I mean. Him saying, and people accusing me of not having a sense of humor, yeah, I got it. It just wasn't funny. Mm-hmm. Um, using the word contestant, like, seriously, dude? Contestant, this isn't, yeah. This isn't, this isn't funny. Yeah, well, it's, it's so funny because I, I thought immediately that, oh, he's ta- saying this in terms of a game show. Just just like I was just saying. It's a, right. it's a game show, and it shouldn't be a mm-hmm. game show, especially when we have a, a national emergency. I just feel like sometimes our national leadership is still too tethered to this idea that if we just lash ourselves to the mast and hang on tight, uh, this is all going to blow over and things will be fine. Right. It's right. not like that. Right now we have not only a crisis in the White House beyond anything that I can reference in terms of past presidents, but also now we have kind of a lack of leadership to, like I've been comparing it to free soloing up the up a rock face and not having any rope, not having anything to catch us. And I feel like we're, 
we've kind of been abandoned by our leadership because there's no real options for our leadership. There's only so much the House of Representatives can do. There's only so much Nancy Pelosi can do. There's right. nothing that the Justice Department can do now because now this guy is uh, immune from uh, being indicted while in office. So what do we do? Well, I guess we look forward to November 3rd and hope nothing catastrophic happens in the eight months until then. But I feel like we're on the verge of something new every damn day, especially when we have the stock market collapsing out from under us. I mean, imagine that. I mean, imagine another financial crisis like 2008, but with Donald Trump Bob. in the White House. And that is terrifying. We wheeled out this sound on Tuesday. We can bring it back again. Fun. 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 It's <laughs> fun news today. Fun. Donald Trump and the <laughs> collapsing economy. Oh, man. <laughs> That's so, fantastic. Yeah. So I don't know what the hell. He, I mean, what would he do? I, I've been trying to think about that. Like, what steps would he take in the event that the stock market just keeps, they're calling it a correction. But it did need to be corrected, though. I mean, it was going up and up and up and up and up and up. There, there was a correction that was necessary. Yeah. Hopefully, I mean, I don't own any. All of my wealth is in my house. Because mm-hmm. my dad, it's funny. My dad um, grew up. He was born in 1929. Yeah. So he grew up with the entire mentality of no stocks. Mm-hmm. He actually owned a little bit of penny stocks because those are the stupidest stocks to buy. Yeah, yeah. Just to remind him of don't buy stocks. Right. All of his money was invested in real estate, 100% of it. Yeah. yeah and T-bills. Just- it was T-bills and, and real estate, which are very safe, yeah. especially in California, investments. And he had T-bills that are very, very safe. Inve- a lot of money was in T-bills because mm-hmm. the government, you're, borrowing, you're loaning money to the government, which so far is still viable. That's right. And um and even right now with the stock market being like it is, watch the smart investors they're investing in T-bills and in mm-hmm. gold and in things that are stable. Yeah. Uh worldwide and um pulling their money out and then they're waiting until it falls to the bottom and then they'll all go back in and buy stuff that they had for cheaper now. I yeah. mean, there are investors looking at this going, "Yes." <laughs> My precious is almost there, you know, and if I had the money to do that, well, if I had money, I would buy Fox News, but that's that. (laughs) Me too. You get in line. Uh, But, you know, your dad was really smart to invest in real estate at the time. The the stock market used to be the domain of just the very, very top 1%. And then I think sometime in the 70s, maybe the 80s, it kind of opened up to more people. We had more day trading going on closer to the millennium, closer to 2000. And so uh, it it really opened up vastly. And now with uh, computer trading. With the 401k stuff. Yeah. With 401ks starting to be a thing, whereas you no longer get a pension, a normal Mm. pension from who you you worked for, yeah. then they're investing in the stock market for you. That's right. That's right. And and so it's become a necessary aspect of retirement now that you right. follow the stock market. Anyone who's uh, poised to retire this year, man, I'm sorry. It's not. Yeah. It's not going to be to uh, to re- <laughs> to retire at this point in time. I promise, I'm not going to abuse the fun sound. I like it. Yeah, but, I like it a lot. But I mean, the gigantic mistake that I made was listening to people who also told me back around 2000, 2002 or so, real estate, Bob, invest in real estate. That's the best investment. And so I went out, I bought a house and turned that around after a couple of years. I I sold that house and made a nice little little profit there and used that Mm -hmm. money to invest in a bigger house. 
that was little did I know that was all part of that housing bubble where right. housing prices were really low um, compared to the size of the house that you could get. I mean, I lived in eastern Pennsylvania and the far, far suburbs of Philadelphia. And so I was able to buy a 3,100 square foot house wow. for about 290000 um, wow. And that's that, and that was uh, before I put down, you know, whatever it was, 25,000 as a down payment. So my right. mortgage was reasonable. I had an interest of rate of 5 and a quarter or something like that, which nice. at the time was kind of kind of a steal. And this is uh, again, I was buying this house in sort of the mid to early 2000s. It was just a dumb move because then uh, as of uh, 2007, 2008, I started to see the e- economy declining. And I realized, oh, my God, I've got too much house. I'm house poor. I can't make mm-hmm. these payments because of the recession. Mm-hmm. And the value of the house makes it now unsellable, not only with a loss, but also just I can't unload a house right now because no one's buying because no one has any money. And so yeah, I my, ended, up, ended up foreclosing. My, yeah, My next door neighbors, uh, two next door neighbors ago, uh, three actually. They sold their house in 2007 mm-hmm. after they bought it in 2001, maybe. Yeah. So they made a nice hefty profit because it was price. And they moved to Nashville, so mm-hmm. they they sold their you know 1,800 square foot house on a barely a third of an acre, which is comparable to my house. Yeah. Um, for about a million dollars. Yeah. Wow. And moved to Nashville. They got a 4,000-square-foot home and three acres, you know, for a lot less money. So oh, yeah. they moved there. Yay, you know, because the husband was being transferred in mm-hmm. his job. So they they made out like bandits. So my next-door neighbors, two next-door neighbors ago, bought the house for about a million dollars. And then in 2008, boom, the yeah. house is now worth $700,000. And they're paying a mortgage on whatever the million was. You know, property taxes, Prop 13 was supposed to be helpful to people which it had been for years mm-hmm. basically prop 13 in california you the property tax basis is on the the price of the home when you bought it mm-hmm. okay right. so mine is still based on when i bought my house in 93 and my next door neighbors is still based on when when the law passed in the 70s mm-hmm. so probably on a hundred thousand dollars worth of house maybe mm-hmm. right. and because they've been here forever so and every year it goes up about one and a half percent so the value that i'm paying on is not the what the house is worth right now it's way less than what the house is worth right now wow. but my neighbors in 2008 when they bought their house they were paying on a million dollars which is around fifteen twenty thousand dollars a year in property taxes right <laughs> And, and let alone, you know, everything else you have to do to pay for a house, mm-hmm. that alone is an expensive thing. And so then they, you know, all of a sudden their house has gone down in value instead of up. Right. And so weirdly, now Prop 13 was not supposed to ever go down and they changed the law. And I'm like, well, now, wait a minute. Should I be getting, <laughs> you know, I thought that was the whole reason and the fight on that because it used to be the value of your home was assessed every year and it would either mm-hmm. go up in property taxes or down. Yeah. So yeah. for like... A year or two, it went down for the people that were over, you know, mortgaged, basically, which I understand, but I still like, wait a minute. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I mean, then they had to sell their house because the wife lost her gig. And so three or four years ago, I got new neighbors whom I adore, but my, my other neighbors lost a ton of money because they hadn't paid the house off yet. Mm -hmm. So they sold it for, I think a hundred thousand dollars more than they paid for it, which means they lost money. Right, right. And and that's the exact situation I was in to an extent. I mean, 
again, it was like having the rug pulled out from under you. Uh, yeah. Oh, this, this is a great investment. Real estate always, uh, it always increases in value. Don't worry about it, Bob. Just invest in real estate. You're not going to be flushing your money down the toilet with rent. It all goes into equity and so on, and then you can get that money back. And it's a great investment, especially in the long run. And it turns out not so great. Turns out that- Yeah, I mean, you really have to stay. You have to be st- steady. I mean, I've been in my house for 26 years. Oh, okay. So, yeah, well, that's good. I mean, my house, it, even in 2008, was worth way more than I paid for it in 93. Right, right. So for me, because I've been here, and again, my other next door neighbors, they've been there since 73. Mm-hmm. So, you know, their house, they bought it, I think, for 50 grand. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you the, know, the, now it's worth over a million. It's and now I'm just in this frame of mind where it's like I, I like the last thing that I want to do at this yeah. point is to buy another house. G- given the fact that nothing has indicated to me that any sort of stability is being built back into the system, it's just more right. more of the same shit that led up to the Great Recession in the first place. We're seeing right. that all over again, in spite of the regulations that were put into place with Dodd Frank, for example. That's been undermined since then. Uh, the Consumer uh, Financial Protection Protection Bureau, which Elizabeth Warren was the first uh, chief of, uh, mm-hmm. that's been gutted by Donald yeah. Trump. So, like, oh my God, there's no way I would ever buy another house. And my point of view now, especially seeing the volatility of the stock market, is to just stay as as lean as possible, to, mm-hmm. to pay down as much debt as possible. To now, I, I think I've got now a sum total of $400 in debt. You know, it's just like some, some ridiculous little minor amount that I pay off at the end of every month. And so, that's my mindset. And I, as, I, as you watch the Dow drop 2,800 points since yeah. Monday. Oh my yeah. God. I mean, yeah. to have your money in the stock market right now has got to be torturous. And that was one of the things that I endured back in the uh, back in the 2000s because right before the recession, I was in the stock market. I mean, I didn't have a gigantic portfolio, but I had some right. investments. And boy, <laughs> that was... Almost as stressful as watching the actual market declines because actually just observing a network like CNBC was kind of like doing mounds and mounds of cocaine. It, it, was, <laughs> it was just so intense. It's always intense watching the financial channels because it seems like every small move, oh my God, Citibank, and then suddenly Jim Cramer jumps on and starts screaming about this one little tiny glitch is going to lead to a huge market correction. Everything is going to crash and burn. And this happens all day long it's like a like three stooges fixing the plumbing it is so intense to watch those networks and so i and when you see stuff like this i haven't even had the guts to turn on cnbc or fox business or one of those (laughs) networks uh to see what they're saying about what's happening right now i mean look at it this way eight of the top 10 biggest one day point losses off the dow And this is going back to 1896 when they first started to track the Dow Jones Industrial Average. All of those eight of the top biggest one-day point losses, they've happened all under Donald Trump since Donald Trump has been president. Mr. Economy, Mr. Economic Success, right? Well, isn't it just not even just the points? Because the points are, you know, it's higher than it's ever been. It's the percentage. percentage. It's not the point loss. It's the percentage loss. And I think he's got the biggest percentage dip since the 30s. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, if you look at it in terms of the last several days, the percentage decline in the Dow 
has exceeded the percentage decline in that one day crash in 2008. I think it was October 9th, 2008. The crash was uh, 7.33% off the Dow. The percentage loss since Monday in the current stock market under Donald Trump is 9.71. Yes, it is so much fun, isn't it? Um, and and that's where we are. And it's I, I would suggest that it's partly coronavirus, obviously, which mm-hmm. is out of yeah. Donald Trump's control. But we have had pandemics before without yes. gigantic market corrections, gigantic sell offs happening as a consequence. And I like to think that that is in reaction to Donald Trump's incompetence. The the idea that once again it's that idea of free soloing we're we're climbing without a net we're climbing without a rope and that lack of rope is Donald Trump we don't know how he's going to treat this and quite honestly and this is one of my I understand this is one of my hobby horses it's entirely possible that Donald Trump is profiting off of the market declines that Donald Trump yeah I mean the president of the United States might actually be short selling the market or investing in a set of stocks that mimic the rise and declines of the uh, S&P for example you can buy mutual right. funds along those lines that uh, that mirror the the movement of the overall Dow and the overall S&P and so on and so he might be invested in all of that crap and what happens is when you're uh, invested uh, short like that when you're shorting the market uh, that actually exacerbates the loss. So if Donald Trump and his uh, Wall Street pals are short-selling, uh, whether it's stocks or short-selling the entire market, they ain't helping at all. And and so it'd be really nice to know, one way or another, how deeply Donald Trump is invested in the markets. Now, if you look at his financial disclosures, it shows you a bunch of mutual funds. You can say, oh, a right. bunch of mutual funds. Uh, what's the harm there? But that doesn't take into consideration the fact that Donald Trump lies all the time and he may have kept mm-hmm. a bunch of shit off of his financial disclosures, the more hinky investments, if you will, mm-hmm. the short sales and so on, uh, which right. would which would look bad. And Donald Trump knows enough about and I'm sure Donald Trump's accountants at uh, Mazars know enough about the stock market. to Keep all that shit off the books <laughs> because it would make Donald Trump look really bad, um, although he would probably lie about it anyway. And his supporters would right. go on applauding for him because, you know, stock market declines to own the libs, shorting the market to own the libs. It's all good. It's all fair game. And so ah, that brings us all the way up to uh, uh, coronavirus. Did you watch the, uh, the press conference last night? Um, I watched people talking about it and heard clips on Ms. Miller's show. Yeah. And well, you're smart, oh, see? <laughs> oh, the humanity. Yeah. Oh, turkey, turkey's trying to fly. <laughs> it's... Right. First of all, the reason he did a press conference at 6 p.m. in the evening, which is something that he has never, ever done. I think that's the latest he's ever gone with a press conference, probably because he was jet lagged and needed a nappy poo. Donald Trump needed (laughs) a nappy poo because he was flying. He was flying back from India. Right. And he arrived. I want to say he arrived at like 4 a.m. in the morning or something like that. Eastern time. And so he Mm -hmm. probably went right to bed and slept on through like 3 p.m. or something like that. They probably got a big handful of uh, something to help him sleep and and, and do that. And then uh, when he woke up, took another handful of something else and then uh, was wide awake for a press conference at 6. But he wasn't really wide awake. He looked jet lagged. He looked Mm -hmm. like he was about to fall asleep. In fact, when he called up one of the other NIH officials or whoever, the CDC person, uh, he was standing behind those people 
And he just, he was closing his eyes as he was standing there. Like, I thought he was going to, like, fall asleep like a narcoleptic guy and just collapse to the ground asleep, just snoring away. Uh, Mm -hmm. But he didn't do that. He just, (laughs) Zenny Jardin posted some close-up photos of his eyes, and, and he just looks scary tired. Just scary tired. I've never seen Donald Trump look scary tired like that before. In fact, he wore a pink tie, and so the pink tie matched the circles around his eyes he just oh, like, like he oh well at least he's color coordinated that the uh, the, the eye bags <laughs> the, the eye bags which he could have used some plexiderm for uh the, <laughs> the eye bags are the same color as his tie um but uh, so first he fires the entire this was back in 2018 he fired the entire pandemic response chain of command and why did he do that to save money and buy our $1 trillion budget deficit. I don't know where the fuck that money went. Oh, probably into the wall. Probably, probably reinvested yeah. into the stupid, stupid wall, which is blowing over in the breeze. Um, so, but then, but then as soon as the coronavirus becomes a thing, he appoints butt sex sheriff, Ken Cuccinelli, <laughs> who is just, I mean, I've never seen any politician more obsessed with butt sex than Ken Cuccinelli just wants to be in your bedroom making sure you're not having butt sex that's the guy that was Donald Trump's point man on coronavirus the former attorney general of the Commonwealth of Virginia and this guy spent his entire term as AG of Virginia uh, weeding out butt sex and trying to ban abortion I mean, that was his entire yep. agenda as the AG. And then he ran as governor and go figure he lost. He couldn't couldn't get elected as governor. But this is the point guy. Why? Because he's on Fox News Channel. But so now he's been replaced by Mike Pence, who's even less capable of dealing with things like science and medicine. Because this is the guy, again, I'm sure you've seen it all over Twitter who in Indiana um, uh, ended the needle exchange program and basically created an HIV epidemic in his mm-hmm. own state. And in fact, yep. one particular county got hit really, really hard with that. And then at the same time, he was closing all of the women's clinics too. So if you are a woman in the state of Indiana and you were dealing with hmm, HIV, uh, you were kind of screwed in several different ways by Mike Pence. But now, who has Mike Pence hired to be part of his response team in the White House? Guess who it is, Jody? Take take one guess. Kathleen Sebelius. No, that's wrong. <laughs> no. The, the correct answer is Larry Kudlow. Greenland is a strategic yes. place. <laughs> this guy. There, and uh, they got a lot of valuable minerals. Uh, I don't want to predict minerals. an outcome. I'm just saying Jesus the president Christ. who knows a thing or two. Yeah, don't worry. He's on it. Um, so so now that uh, Larry Kudlow's on it, we can all breathe easily. Oh, and apparently there's an Indiana model for health care, according to Donald Trump. He was talking last night about the Indiana model and how the Indiana model of healthcare works so well. And that makes Mike Pence uniquely qualified to be uh, the head of this uh, White House task force about the coronavirus. And there is no Indiana model of healthcare. That's what, what the hell is he talking? The Indiana model of healthcare? There is no. What, Mike there is, Pence? What? 
Anything that involves healthcare in Indiana, Mike Pence has nothing to do with it other than the ending of needle exchanges and the closing of clinics. Is that supposed right. to be what we're going to see with the response from the White House of the coronavirus? Oh, yeah, Mike Pence is just going to go around and close a bunch of uh, walk-in clinics, a bunch of emergency clinics and take all of their syringes because, you know, heroin addicts might get their hands on those things. This is the guy who's in charge. Um, shit. So... <laughs> So yeah, I, yeah, I know. Uh, so then, then Donald Trump in this press conference said that there was going to be a vaccine ready soon, and then uh, the director of the NIH, literally seconds later, stepped up to the microphone and said, "That's nah, going to be a year and a half." <laughs> We're not even close to having a vaccine ready. You're going to have to no. wait. What, what a year and a half would be the summer of 2021 or actually the end of the summer of right. 2021. So congratulations, Donald Trump. It's obviously a vaccine like tomorrow, right? Uh, well, yeah, we only have 15 people, Bob, apparently that have been detected in this country, even though there's 65 people that have been detected and the one guy in Northern California and they don't know how this person got it. Most likely they were exposed to somebody that got it, but yeah, yeah. they don't know how. Um, and so it, he's like, he, and then we'll be down to five and then we'll be down to two and then it'll be gone. The level of incompetence is staggering. You know, this is why Trump is not a real president, that he's a faker, right. faker president. He's illegitimate. And you know what? I, would, I have a whole rant about this that I want to get into here in just a second. We got, we're late for a break. I got to tell you about the latest news about liberal broadcaster Bill Press. Bill no longer does his progressive morning show, but that doesn't mean he's gone away. Don't worry. He's out now with a great new podcast, the Bill Press Pod, dropped twice a week. Check out the Bill Press Pod for Bill's interviews with some of the country's leading progressives like Maxine waters mark pokin and jamie raskin all roasting donald trump plus his lively end of the week roundtable with three of washington's top political reporters commenting on the latest craziness from the white house congress and the 2020 democratic primary for years bill has been one of the leading progressive voices in the country so i'm glad he's still out there on the left stronger than ever i encourage you to join me by subscribing to bill press's new podcast just go to wherever you get your podcast search for the bill press pod click on subscribe and you're in for a true progressive experience on the Bill Press podcast. Okay, picture yourself in the mirror. Imagine your face. Are you dissatisfied with the crow's feet, large under-eye bags, and wrinkles around your eyes? Now imagine for just a second that they're gone. And I'm not talking about some risky, expensive plastic surgery or Botox or any of that stuff. I'm talking about Plexiderm. It's a topical, clinically studied serum that visibly eliminates your wrinkles, crow's feet, and under-eye bags in just a matter of minutes. It's the edge you've been looking for. And if you don't believe it, I didn't believe it either until I took the test and I was amazed by the results. Plexiderm can give you the confidence you'll need to be yourself at work or out with friends. The best part is Plexiderm goes on clear, so nobody's going to know that you're using it. Go to TryPlexiderm.com. Use my code VOICES for 50% off a full bottle of Plexiderm plus an additional $10 off. That's right, 50% off plus an extra $10 off. This offer is also available by calling one 1-800-685-1292 and mentioning the code VOICES to the operator. Plexiderm is backed by a 30-day money-back guarantee. Visit triplexiderm.com today. Use the code VOICES at checkout. That's triplexiderm.com. Code VOICES. Thank you. The Bob Seska Show. Some kind of way out of here 
tell the joker to the thief There's too much confusion I can't get no relief Businessman, please drink my wine Come and plow my earth Man, that guitar. Holy crap. Recording yeah. artist Marina Rocks right there, all along the Watchtower covering uh, Jimi Hendrix uh, from her album, The Comeback Kid. Link in the description. Make sure to support all of our indie bands. we got an indie music co- countdown coming up this weekend. Every recording artist we played throughout the month of February played in order. And we count them all down like a like an 80s FM radio uh, Casey Kasem style countdown show, which is lots of fun for me. I don't know if it's fun for you, but it's <laughs> lots and lots of fun for me. And it's not it's not really about me though. It's about the recording artist. Make sure to submit your music if you've got a band or if you're a solo recording artist yourself. BobSeska.com/music. That's where it all happens. That's how you get your music on the show. So thank you for doing that. Uh, all right. Oh, also, make sure to go shopping through our Amazon link just beneath the logo at bobseska.com. It's the all-caps Amazon link. If you click it, it'll take you right to the front page of amazon.com where you can go shopping as normal. But because you went through our link, we get a teeny tiny commission from some of your purchases. Thank you for doing that. All right. So Donald Trump, I, I was talking earlier about how uh, Donald Trump is not a real president. Donald Trump right. uh, simply pretends to be president. Like, I'm almost positive that right after the election, it might have even been election night when he's like talking to his people. I don't know how to do this. I don't know what I'm doing. Or at least he's thinking that and people are going, well, here's here's what you got to do. Just pretend you're on a TV show. Just pretend you're the host of the Donald Trump show and you're being president and you're acting like a president. And here are some things to look at uh, to give you an idea of what presidents do and how they behave. And it's mostly just clips from Fox News Channel and House of Cards or something like that. And so he looks at all this shit and then he also kind of pulls along with it his own ridiculous, uh, poorly educated ideas in terms of how the president is supposed to act. And it becomes this conglomeration of impressions of how he thinks driven through the prism of his brain worm infested Mm -hmm. mind and then churned out the other side is what we see now. So he's not only this illegitimate president who had all kinds of outside help in order to win and continues to cultivate outside help in order for him to win again in 2020. uh, But on top of all of that, he just doesn't know how to do the job. He has no clue whatsoever how to actually be president. He just thinks being president is being a primetime pundit on Fox News Channel. Yep. That's essentially his impression of how politics and how the government works. Anything that he's seen on Fox News or maybe heard on the Rush Limbaugh program on the occasions that he does actually listen to radio, which I think he's just mainly a TV guy. But that's how he's got this skewed sense of how presidents are supposed to behave. And on top of that, he thinks that all of the things that he's doing that's violating the law, violating the Constitution, certainly violating the traditions and unwritten rules of the presidency, he believes all those things are things that presidents do anyway. Like, oh, yeah, because I swear to God, if you were to go to... Uh, a Trump supporting uncle, for example, and say, oh, look at all the things that Trump is doing. Look, he tried to uh, extort military aid in order to cheat in the election. I assure you that that redhead uncle will say back to you, 
oh, fuck you. All presidents do that. All presidents do that. And that's the idea that Donald Trump has stuck in his teeny tiny little chiclet brain is the idea that all all this horrible shit that he does, all presidents do that. They just do it behind the scenes. They just don't talk about it. So when he goes up in front of a microphone in front of the press and starts talking about coronavirus, he doesn't know exactly what the responsibilities and mandates are of presidential leadership. So he gets up there, he's talking about crying Chuck Schumer, and he's talking about crazy Nancy or whatever, nervous Nancy, whatever he says, and and starts attacking them. And none of what he said actually ameliorated any of the concerns that we've seen, certainly not among the uh, white guys in lower Manhattan uh, trading on the stock market. And so, again, you saw the Dow futures right after his remarks last night. You saw the Dow futures tank and then they continued to tank throughout the day today uh, because he provided no confidence whatsoever that he can actually mm-hmm. handle this, that he can actually do the job. So he ended up blaming the, the biggest market sell-off, you know, like a two, three-day market sell-off. Well, at, the, at, at that point, it was, uh, if it was yesterday afternoon, he was blaming Monday and Tuesday mm-hmm. on the Democratic debate right. that happened Tuesday night. After right. after the right. big parts of the sell-off, after there was yes. uh, already at that, how many thousands of points at that point off the Dow? Uh, it was a lot. Yeah, yeah. My my uh, my uh, brain hurt from all the time travel. <laughs> yeah, Jesus, the Democrats must have one hell of a fucking time traveling DeLorean to get. The yep. only question is, how do they generate the one point twenty one gigawatts to uh, to actually make it run? <laughs> they're just they're they're smarter than we give them credit for, I guess. Uh, but at one point during the uh, press conference, he said, regarding the coronavirus, it could be at a small level or mm-hmm. at a larger level. <laughs> Thank you so much, Mr. President. Uh, could he, Mr. President, could you be a little more vague, please? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thanks for that. And then he... <laughs> He was talking about trying to downplay the uh, virus itself. And he was saying, you know, it's just what we call the flu. That's what he said. Mm, said, No. What we call the flu. Hey, have you got your flu shot? He said. (laughs) It's how earth Mm -hmm. people say the flu. I don't know. What the fuck? He has no idea. He has no sense of what any of this is. And right. it's just so far beyond him. And again, I'm, I'm looking forward to the uh, the next gigantic scandal where we find out that um, he's done something or another to manipulate the reporting of the coronavirus mm-hmm. where, you know, it's like whatever the coronavirus version of the Sharpie Alabama hurricane trajectory map will be. We can probably expect that again, right? Somebody yesterday was being questioned by the oversight committee, and I forget who in his administration, and I use that in air quotes, yeah. um, went to speak, and they said, well, okay, what is the percentage of deaths of this, of COVID-19? And he mm-hmm. said about 2%, which is right now what they think. It could be less than that because we don't know how many people have it and yeah. haven't reported that they have it. You know, we don't. But that right now it's... With the known cases and the known deaths, it's about 2%. And then they asked, well, what is the flu death? And he said, it's the same. And it is not. The death from the flu is about 0.1%. So it's like, 
Here's the thing about the attitude that he should have taken if he understood what it meant to be president. I'm not expecting the president, any president, to stand up in front of the press and start leaning on the panic button and screaming for everyone to run out and buy bread, milk, and toilet paper and to hunker down for a massive global crisis. I'm not expecting that from the president of the United States. But what I am expecting is a president who takes the situation seriously and who comes across as a sober, rational, uh, not only absorber of the information, but also Mm -hmm. relator of the information. I don't know if either of those words are actual words. They are now, Bob. They are now. (laughs) Thank you. Um, But I mean, what he's not doing is he doesn't appear to understand what the coronavirus is, and then Mm -hmm. he also doesn't appear to understand how you relate this information to the general public. I mean, I get Mm -hmm. that we all have a sense of how to peg Donald Trump's behavior because those of us who do this for a living, especially and follow it very, very closely, we all understand what the president is doing and not doing. But I think from the, the perspective of just everyday normals, people, American citizens who are driving their kids to soccer practice or whatever, and they hear the president acting like this, it is not comforting at all. And again, I'm not expecting him to say, holy shit, everybody run for your underground bunkers and your survival shelters because we're in for a fuckwad of a fucking virus here. Don't want that either. But No, I mean, the, the concern right now is a lot of medications that people rely on, and I have to ask my doctor if one of mine is, or both of them. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the main ingredients are made in China, and China is, has been shutting down, but they China. are pretty... They, I, I heard a news report this morning that the Chinese government is pretty sure that they're going to have it under control by April, which does suggest that nobody needs to panic about their medications. Yeah, yeah. Well, also, that's when it gets warmer, according to Donald Trump. So when it gets warmer, then the coronavirus is just going to go away because that's how it always works, right? Well, I mean, it, well, I mean, in the Northern Hemisphere, the flu virus does go dormant in warmer weather. And, you know, it's worse in the winter because of how that particular viral load happens. Mm-hmm. Colds are year round. I mean, you can get a cold and that's what a coronavirus technically is, like yeah, a rhinovirus. Yeah, yeah. It's a cold virus. It's based on that. And then some can be deadly. Others not. I yeah. mean, it all depends on your personal immune system. Mm-hmm. It really does. If you don't have a flu vaccine, that will help you with the COVID-19. It will not hurt you. It will also help you with the flu. Yep. So go get one. Uh, wash your hands. Uh, my friend Amanda from uh, Fast Times and Nightmare on Elm Street just oh, yes. traveled to Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And she, you know, she's she's like, look, as she got on the plane, she said people were wiping down their own seats with, you know, sanitary stuff, you know, like stuff that you use to wash your hands. Smart, yeah. You know, hand sanit- They're doing it themselves and mm-hmm. then they're washing their hands. And if they're sick, they're wearing masks because that's what yep. helps. Uh, healthcare professionals need to wear masks for various reasons f- to protect themselves. But if you're the one sick, wear the mask. Me wearing one won't necessarily help me from getting it from you because it could get yeah. on my hand and then I take the mask off and boom, if I haven't washed my hands, mm-hmm. whatever. So if you are sick, wear a mask. Don't cough, you know, without that coffin, you know, do what you're supposed to do because it will mitigate people getting it. Yeah. It's, it's all common sense. It's just exactly. that. And you know, here's an example of what the president shouldn't do. The president didn't once 
during his entire press conference say the actual word coronavirus. He certainly didn't say COVID-19 or whatever it is. But he didn't say coronavirus at all. And that seems to me as if it was a deliberate attempt to make sure that there wasn't a soundbite appearing in a Democratic attack ad of Donald Trump saying the word coronavirus. I don't know. I can't think of any other reason why he wouldn't say the actual name of the virus. I can only assume because he couldn't spell it either. So maybe maybe he doesn't know how to pronounce it. Maybe he was concerned that he was going to say it in a way that didn't make any sense. There's that. The president is uh, is napping. That's what the president's mm-hmm. doing right now. And, you know, again, it's yet another national crisis that the president has displayed his rank and competence during. And we've seen this before. We saw this in Puerto Rico when he was launching paper towels yeah. at people's heads. And that's when he wasn't talking about how to uh, launch nukes into the hurricanes themselves. Uh, we saw him standing in the the rubble of in Southern California after the uh, wildfires there talking about how we should rake the forests somehow all of the forests in california the i don't know millions of acres of forest in california uh we all we have to rake that now to prevent the fires and if you don't then it's your fault that there are fires i mean that's the insanity that uh, the president is, is is projecting during these national emergencies and so it makes perfect sense that he doesn't know how the fuck to handle a, a pandemic like this. Um, well, don't forget how much, you know, water is wet. <laughs> yes, that's right. He refers to hurricanes as water dumps. That's the guy who's on the job right now. And fortunately, he's hired the guy who started an HIV epidemic in Indiana. And then that guy has hired a fucking drunk. Greenland is a strategic place. <laughs> onto the, the job, onto the task force. And, you know, the the most insane tweet yesterday was Ari Fleischer, former White House press secretary under George W. Bush. Ari Fleischer is now suddenly worried. Now. Now a warning. Now a warning. (laughs) Now he's suddenly worried that the White House is incompetent. He said, you know, I don't understand how the CDC could make an announcement as important as yesterday without it being tightly coordinated with the White House. There should have been an Oval Office meeting, a statement by POTUS about protecting people, and then a press avail by experts bizarre like where have you been Ari Fleischer for the last three plus years suddenly he's oh my god oh my god Donald Trump is incompetent I never knew who who, why didn't anyone tell me that Donald Trump was this incompetent good god that's I mean that's a level of incompetence in and of himself that guy was the press secretary during (laughs) 9-11 so I wonder (laughs) Um, all right, we're going to take one last break and come back and uh, talk about more stuff. We've got, uh, oh, God, uh, more Trump abuses of power. Yeah. <laughs> that and more coming up right after these words. You can't always get a clean you can feel good about inside and out unless you're using Bubble Genius Bath and Body Products. See, Bubble Genius is a woman-owned small business proudly creating our vegan-friendly products in America and supporting other U.S. businesses by buying our ingredients and supplies from them as often as possible. Plus, you'll be hard-pressed to find packaging as recyclable as ours. Visit BubbleGenius.com and check out our cause-related items, too, like our global warming soap and a lot more. We donate our proceeds for those items to worthy causes, like organizations combating climate change and mountaintop removal mining. Good stuff like that. We also send our products to the troops overseas through our Buy a Soldier a Shower campaign. Because the least we can do is keep them smiling and smelling great, right? So visit BubbleGenius.com and feel good. 
and clean. Bubble Genius, doing our part to make the world a better place, one bathtub at a time. That's BubbleGenius.com. Bob Seska. singer Kate Mills in a song called Outrun the Night. One of her more recent singles. I think this was out uh, late last year. Link in the description. You know, I, I'm not I'm not a gigantic country music fan, but I really love Kate Mills. I love She's her uh, love her singing voice. I love the uh, the style of this song. There's some other tracks, uh, particularly some new ones from 2020 that I can't wait to play too uh, here on the show. So. Uh, thank you for all of that. All right, getting back into uh, all of the chaos here, which is so much fun. Fun. Fun, 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 fun. fun I love fun that. Yeah. So Trump is starting to sue the press because they were mean right. to him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you remember there was a West Wing scene where some guy, some uh, member of Congress or something, bad-mouthed President Bartlett. It was a Democrat uh, bad-mouthing mm-hmm. the Democratic president, President Bartlett. And Toby, uh, Toby Ziegler, there's a whole scene. I think it was uh, one of the first three yeah, seasons of West Wing or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I just saw that not too long ago because I've been rewatching them. So, yeah, it was it was in the first season or second, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and what happened was Toby went into uh, Leo's office and was like, we need to arrest this guy. We need to ask the DOJ to investigate this guy. And yeah. uh, and it was like it was like Trump. <laughs> I couldn't believe that Toby Ziegler kind of predicted Trump's attitude. But that's what he's doing. And Trump's going after the press now. They were they were mean to the, the New York Times was mean, mean mm-hmm. to Trump. So now Trump is uh, is suing the New York Times. Um, and I imagine this is only one of several fronts that he's going to uh, attack the the press on. I wouldn't be surprised. Members of the press, some of the ones that he hates the most, guys like uh, Jim Acosta and so on, probably going to find a uh, an audit notice in the mail sometime in the next few months. Uh, if uh, Donald Trump uh, behaves like we expect Donald Trump to behave. But his uh, his reelection campaign said on Wednesday it's filing a libel suit. Again, go back and watch all of your uh, clips of uh, John Oliver talking about slap suits. And that's kind of mm-hmm. what this is. He's filing a libel suit against the New York Times of, for, of intentionally publishing a false opinion article that suggested Russia and the campaign had an overarching deal in the uh, 2016 U.S. election. So he's suing the New York Times for suggesting collusion. An opinion article. It's an opinion piece. It's not a it's not like, hey, I reported that that's an opinion. It's his this person's thoughts. Yes. He can't win this lawsuit. I'm sorry. My mom did win a libel lawsuit. They're hard to win. Yeah. And um, especially with public figures. Mm -hmm. Um, So he he's just going to they luckily the Times can afford the suit. Yeah. It's not like he's suing a blogger who can't afford it. But, right, right. Um, uh, and I'm sure they have E&O insurance too, which Of course they do. Yeah. I mean, they're, you know, I mean, if there is something libelous in there, they will settle and then they'll print a retraction. But an opinion does not, I don't see how that's 
the same as a normal libel lawsuit. I don't. It's yeah. an opinion. I have an opinion. I think he colluded. I have no proof of that, but that's my opinion. Yeah. Well, I wonder if anyone who expressed that opinion uh, is going to get sued now. Like, because I mean, I know we're not the only ones. Uh, Malcolm right. Nance wrote an entire, well, several books about all of that. Uh, we've certainly been talking about it. Lots of people have been talking. Rachel Maddow has been talking about it, although she, Rachel Maddow is really smart with the way she presents yeah. information because she tends to present information kind of in the form of a question. Like, mm-hmm. I, we're just asking questions here. Here's this piece from the Washington Post, and it says this. Does this have anything to do with the other thing that we just right, heard about? Right. And so that's that's how she kind of presents that information. But it's still, in a way, suggesting it. And I, again, I wouldn't be surprised if Rachel Maddow and some of the others are on some kind of enemies list, and it's just a matter of time before it's their turn to end up in the Donald Trump lawsuit propeller, you know? <laughs> Well, I would imagine that the New York Times and and NBC News, Mm -hmm. they vet these (laughs) pieces, their lawyers, you know, and it's like, no, you can get away with that under the law because for freedom of speech, I'm sorry, dude, but Mm -hmm. I can, any opinions are like assholes. Everybody has one. That's right. And just because you think the earth is flat, it's not true, but that could be your opinion. (laughs) That's right. Well, again, the earth can't sue you for it. Yeah, well, and it's not only opening the door for Donald Trump to start suing people. The fact that now, mm-hmm. oh, we're suing anyone who said that uh, Donald Trump was colluding with Russia. Don Jr. can start suing people because mm-hmm. he was one of the Eric Trump. The whole inner circle can just start going nuts with lawsuits. It rem- kind of reminds mm-hmm. me of the. I don't know if you're watching The Outsider on HBO. But I one, love it. One, yeah, I know. Me too. One of the characters in The Outsider just decides, hey, you know what? Fuck it. I'm suing everybody. I'm, su- I'm suing everybody who was involved in the investigation and yep. my husband who was accused of uh, murdering a child and so on. And Oh, you know what? It's By so the way, good. also, I just remembered that on HBO, there's also a brand new documentary miniseries about the guys who scammed the McDonald's Monopoly game. And I can't wait to see it. I cannot. What's it called? What's it called? I think it's called McMillions or McBillions. (laughs) It's one of of those two. Uh, I'm I'm waiting for that to turn up in a Bernie Sanders stump speech. The McBillionaires and McMillionaires. Meanwhile, Justice Thomas, uh, his wife, Justice Clarence Thomas' wife, is among the network of conservative activists who've been... uh, putting together the enemies list of uh, disloyal government officials to get rid of. Uh, Ginny Thomas and other conservatives have worked for the past 18 months to provide the White House with memos and suggestions about who to fire and who to replace them with. Trump acknowledged the existence of the lists of government officials he plans to oust and replace with pro-Trump people, saying he wants people who are good for the country, loyal to the country, working for him. Remember that Donald Trump believes that he is the country, that Mm -hmm. the president is the country. So when he says good for the country, it means good for Trump and loyal to Trump. Mm -hmm. And the reason he wants to do all this stuff, I can't emphasize this enough. The point of this entire purge is to make sure that all these federal agencies that have powers to worm their way into your life to punish you, Um, all of these agencies now will be stacked with people who will do Donald Trump's bidding. Um, And the one that I worry about the most, the one I keep going back to is Internal Revenue Service. 
um, because the Internal Revenue Service, uh, sorry to break it to you, even more so than the NSA or the CIA, Oh yeah. The IRS can fuck you over a thousand different ways. And you know what? I, I, I'm not necessarily criticizing that. I'm just saying that's the way it is. And so my concern, as I was saying before, is, you know, you get a bunch of loyalists at Internal Revenue and then suddenly all of Donald Trump's enemies are getting audited or worse. I mean, you never know. There's, there's all kinds of things that they can do to, uh, to make your life hell if they, if they really, really want to. And so when Donald Trump goes to uh, the head of the IRS or, or someone even under that person and says, well, you know what? I want you to uh, see if you can audit uh, Brian Karam at Playboy. Or I want you to audit mm-hmm. Jim Acosta at CNN. Or how about Lawrence O'Donnell at MSNBC? And may, just make their life miserable. Come up with something that'll take them a long time to litigate and so on. And then maybe we'll actually find some things in there too. And then the, the Trump loyalist goes, okay, Mr. Trump, whatever you say. Because that yeah. person doesn't want to get fired. That person doesn't want to get flamed. I mean, for God's sake, look at what they've been doing to this forewoman of the Roger Stone yeah. jury. The Republican movement, the the Trump movement, the conservative movement, whatever we want to call the movement, they have no qualms whatsoever going after noncombatants. They have been doing it mm-hmm. for, I would say, going back 20 years. They have been attacking people who cannot defend themselves. I mean, how many times did we see Jesse Waters accosting like grade school principals in parking lots and stalking them and reporters and clergy people, uh, just like people who aren't involved in the daily political debate, people who don't have media communication skills. They're deliberately cornered and, and peppered with questions and they're not trained to answer those questions. They don't know how to communicate on TV and, and why would they? <laughs> Right. Why would a high school principal have media training to be able to defend him or herself uh, on cable news when accosted in the parking lot by Jesse Waters or even not even in the parking lot, sometimes in their driveways or in their garages or at their front doors? I mean, mm-hmm. they they doxed Trayvon Martin after Trayvon Martin was dead. Yep. I mean, these are people who have no shame whatsoever. So they're willing to go after anyone it takes anyone no one is safe in this and especially now where our opinions are visible on social media easily searchable we all have to an extent a google paper trail uh, to, right. to mix metaphors you know it's not actual paper <laughs> but you know what i mean i know what you mean old people do yeah yeah so uh speaking of that you know what uh, when we uh jump over to the uh, post-mortem show uh here uh, in just a few seconds i want to talk about something that's happening along those lines where senior citizens are getting help with how to spot fake news oh good so yeah, this I'm looking forward to talking about this story and a, and a lot more here coming up on the Postmortem Show on our Patreon page. That's bobseskashow.com, also patreon.com slash bobseskashow. If you're just joining us, if you're new to the show, here's what the Postmortem Show is. You know, after, what is it, what does uh, uh, Bill Maher call it? He calls it overtime. So right. after, the cre- after the end credits stop rolling, they just keep on talking and they answer questions from the audience and so on. So they do an extra 10, 15 minutes of show. That's kind of a bonus bit of show. That's what the postmortem show is. We do it on our Patreon page right after this music is done playing. We just keep on talking for another uh, 15, 20 minutes. And that's it. And you can get all of that by subscribing for just $5 a month. 
Uh, that's uh, pennies per show is what that amounts to. Uh, $5 a month on our Patreon page if you want to subscribe for more. You can also get the after party on Fridays with me and Kimberly Johnson and all kinds of other bonus content that we're presenting there, including commentaries and a whole lot more. Meanwhile, From the Bunker is Jody Hamilton's podcast. That's at from-the-bunker.com. Also at sexyliberal.com. Make sure to support the entire Sexy Liberal Podcast Network with five-star ratings and reviews on uh, all of your favorite podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts and all that good stuff. All right, that's the show. We will see you uh, on the after party tomorrow and uh, again next week. Take care, folks. Bye-bye. Oh, hey, before we wrap up the show, picture your face in the mirror. Do you see all those wrinkles around your eyes? How about crow's feet or large under eye bags? Now imagine that they've disappeared, just vanished before your eyes in just about 10 minutes. And we're not talking about plastic surgery. We're not talking about Botox. We are, of course, talking about Plexiderm. It's a clinically studied serum. It's topical. You just spread it right on with your fingers, and it visibly eliminates your wrinkles, crow's feet, and under eye bags in just a matter of minutes. It's the edge you've been looking for. Plexiderm can give you the confidence you'll need to be yourself at work or out with friends. I tried it. I was amazed by the results. It was kind of a like almost like a time-lapse thing where I stood in the mirror, put on the Plexiderm, and then just watched all those fine lines and wrinkles around my eyes vanish. And the best part is Plexiderm goes on clear, so nobody is going to know that you're using it. It'll be your secret unless you tell them, of course. Go to TryPlexiderm.com, use my code VOICES for 50% off a full-size bottle of Plexiderm plus an extra $10 off. That's right, 50% off plus an extra $10 off. This offer is also available by calling 1-800-685-1292 and mentioning the code VOICES. Plexiderm is backed by a 30-day money-back guarantee. Visit TryPlexiderm.com today. Use the code VOICES at checkout. That's TryPlexiderm.com, code VOICES. Bye.